0: Welcome to Stripped Money Conversations. Welcome to a place where anybody can learn or talk about money. Whether you're young or whether you're old. Whether you're married to the love of your life or even if you're married to your career. Whether you have kids, are planning to have kids or even if you're one of those people who just prefers pets whether you're established or just entering the working world welcome to a place where our conversations are not based on your bank balance no 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 but they're based on your unique needs and ambitions i am your host Lungile remember that this show does not provide financial advice these are just conversations between me and my guests but i'd like to invite you on the journey so you and i can learn together Sticking to a budget over the long term is one of the biggest challenges in personal finance. Yet it's also such a powerful tool for resolving financial problems and hitting your most important goals. But guys, have you heard about family budgets? I mean getting your family to agree on what to have for dinner can be difficult, so getting everybody to agree on a family budget could also be a challenge. Today on the show I have Diana Granu, Founder of the Family Finance Show, which is a personal finance podcast just like this one. And she'll be taking us through the ins and outs of family budgets. It was such a pleasure being into your podcast the other day. And I thought, oh my goodness, we are on the same vibe. So I'm really keen to understand how you got to start um, with the Family Finance Show. I mean, from running a tourism business, if I'm right, to do this. How did that come about? Mm-hmm.
1: So I started this travel business that you referred to uh, called Leopard. I started it just before the global pandemic. So very unfortunate timing from that
0: mm-hmm. from
1: that perspective. It, it got off to a really, really good start. 2019 was an excellent year, much better than I could have imagined. But COVID happened and and everyone stopped traveling. So I'm still running my travel business, but, um, and I've seen some good signs wanting to travel again, which is, which is quite positive for me. But last year in 2020, when I had a of time and no income, I, I started the family finance show and the reason I, I started it was because I wanted to contribute in a positive and I hope valuable way to the conversation on personal finances um, I knew that I wanted to do something in the field of personal finance because I think so many people make quite disastrous uh, financial decisions. So I wanted to put some good quality information out there to empower people to make better decisions. Um, but the, the podcast format was actually Warren Ingram's idea. So, so that credit goes to him. And I really had excellent help in the beginning from uh, two, two, two young guys, Steve and, and Gideon. Um, it was very difficult to learn how to be a podcast host in the beginning I'm not <laughs> sure if you found the same thing but yeah I just learned by doing and, and you know, here today
0: what are some of the learnings that you've had um from your show some highlights
1: sure sometimes we The small decisions that we take are are actually hidden big decisions in the sense that they have this ripple effect in our lives, where we should live, what career to pursue, should we have children? Those are all big decisions that we know about. But Mm. sometimes it's the small things like which car to buy or buying and selling your home too fast that end up costing so much more than you think that it will. So I'm not a fan of extreme uh, frugality because, you know, you only live once, but I think one of the things I've really learned during this podcast is that people can avoid a lot of unnecessary waste by just making a few of these small adjustments and, and more carefully considering what they think
0: are small financial decisions. That's absolutely true. And I have to agree. Um, in talking about adjustments, today I'd like to chat to you about family finances Um, We often hear a lot of around, a lot of information around how people need to create their personal budgets or budget as a couple, but we don't have a lot of information on family budgets. I'm not sure what your family situation is like, but how would you define a family budget?
1: The biggest difference I see in a family versus any other kind of personal finance budget is if you're single or you're in a couple, your budget involves much less compromise Especially if you're single, you're in full control of all your expenses. Uh, but when you're in a couple, you need to compromise on a few things, hopefully not too many. If you have similar values, then the compromises shouldn't be too painful. The more family members you have in your budget, uh, the more compromise there is. So, so that's really the big, biggest difference I see from my perspective between a family budget and another kind of personal finance budget.
0: Cool. So why would one create um, a family budget? To me,
1: a budget is the first step to taking control of your finances. If you don't know how much money is coming in and how much money is going out, you definitely won't be making the right decisions. I think another reason to, to do a budget is to see where you're spending your money and if it, if it aligns with your values and if it actually brings you happiness. So as an example, um, you might, you might do a budget and you might find that you're spending 20% of your income on eating out. If, if healthy eating is a a value of yours, then you might want to consider making adjustments to, to that component of your budget. So just being able to see where your money goes and, and question yourself on whether that's really what you value. I think that's a, that's another great reason to, to do a budget. I think people also avoid budgets doing a budget because they don't want to face reality. So if that's, yeah. if that's you, you need, to, you need to realize that until you actually get a handle on your budget, you won't be able to make any real progress. So budgets are for
0: everyone. For everyone, even married couples. <laughs> so yes. let's get into the, the detail. What elements should be in your family budget?
1: So it can really be as simple as complicated as you want it to be. I think mm-hmm. you have to have two, two elements there, which is your family income and your expenses. So um, even if you and your spouse um, manage your money in separate bank accounts, you still need that overall view. Um, so you need you need to get together and look at look together at how much income you're both. Bringing in, and you can. If you want to get more complicated, you can even give it different categories like your primary income, your side hustle income. You might have some dividend income, uh, something like that. And for expenses, you also might categorize it into whatever makes sense for your family so housing, food, education, holiday. Um, It really does need to be complicated, but if you have those two things, I think that's that's a starting point and then obviously measuring your budget as you go along is very important. So if you budget 5000 around a month for food, for example, you actually need to check each month that you're spending this amount on food. If you consistently over or under budget, you need to go back and adjust your budget.
0: Cool. Yeah, that's that's 100%. Um you've touched on this already, but what are some of the considerations that you should take when you create this budget?
1: So, um I suppose for me, to uh, having done the family budget for a for a while, inflation is one of the biggest things that i I always forget about so mm. uh you've got to take inflation into account because you shouldn't expect to pay the same to fill your tank as you this year as you did five years ago um you should You should also look at your risks, so you've got to look at your budget in context of your whole family um family situation and there might be some some financial risks so you need to allocate some money to mitigate those risks so it might be an emergency fund it might be taking out insurance if you need it Um, and also you you need to think about you need to consider if you overspend or underspend in in certain areas, what happens to that? So if you underspend on, on groceries on education, does that extra money go into savings or do you do you spend it on groceries or on the holidays? So these are the kind of questions that you'll need to answer as you prepare your budget.
0: Cool. So I'm interested to, to understand how do you and your and your husband divide up the budgeting responsibilities?
1: So Um, so I do the budgeting. Um, I don't think there's a correct way. So, Mm. um, everyone will have a different approach. So in in our family, I do, I do the budget and then I discuss it with my husband, uh, on a, a twice a year. I think we do it. My kids are too young to be involved. Otherwise I would, I would actually involve them as they get older. I'd like to involve them in the in the budgeting process. I think I find usually there's one person in the family who's more interested in budgeting than others. And so the lead, yeah, that's the person. Yes, exactly. It's quite a boring, boring thing to do. (laughs) So, so, so in some situations, neither person wants to do it. And in which case you can do it together as a team. So you can, you and your, your partner can just take a morning, a month or something and, and do the budget together, you know, whatever works for you.
0: Okay, you mentioned that you you check you check with your husband about twice a year. How often do you, as the lead, uh, take up on your family budget?
1: So I used to I used to do it a lot more frequently than I do now. So our, our situations changed slightly. Um, when I uh, I worked for corporate for a long time in, in corporate mm. roles, and I had a very stable income, so it, it was was quite easy to do a budget monthly. so for for many years I did I did a monthly budget Mm. and um, I would check up check whether we were on budget or not maybe every two months I would would draw the bank statements categorize the expenses and see if we were on track or not Um, so that was a monthly process for a long time our situation situation has changed a little bit now because um, both of us are entrepreneurs. So we both earn very erratic income. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of harder to do a budget because you're not getting that regular monthly income. So I do it less frequently. Okay. Uh, although I do keep quite a, quite a close eye on expenses because with such an erratic income, you don't want to just overspend by mistake. Um. So yeah, again, it, it really depends on your,
0: your exact situation. Okay, cool. That, that makes sense. Um, you mentioned that you don't uh, bring your children into this. What is your approach with them um, when it comes to money?
1: So my my oldest daughter, she's five, and she's she's starting to understand a little bit about money, how you earn money, and that you need money to buy things that you want. So, what I've done with her is uh, she had to buy a gift for a friend of hers, and we went to a toy shop, and I said to her, "You can choose the gift, but it needs to be a budget of X, whatever mm-hmm. it was. Let's say it's a hundred rand." So she she could understand that there were certain uh, toys that fit within that budget and certain, certain toys that were too expensive, or she might even be able to buy two toys for a hundred rounds. So I'm starting with, with small things that they can understand like that. Also what I've done with her is um, her extracurricular activities. Um, I've said to her, she has to choose between, I think she was doing three different activities. And I said to her, yeah. look, we've only got budget for two. So you can choose two, two activities to do. Uh, that's all we've got money for. So These are some of the ways, just at this young age, that I'm trying to get her to understand how to budget and how much things cost, that kind of thing.
0: Okay, great. And um, how important is goal setting in in your family planning process? I mean, we've talked about um, how you must make sure that you've got adequate insurance or an emergency fund um, allocated for in your budget. But how important is goal setting?
1: I think it's really important. I think people are are so motivated by goals, especially children. Um, So goal setting is important. The, the only thing, that I would like to say about goal setting is like, I remember stretch targets from when I worked in the corporate world. Sometimes Mm. we would be on projects where there were these very unrealistic stretch targets that were set. set. And I could just see the team was so demotivated from the start because you kind of knew you would never reach the stretch target. So people gave up before even starting. So yeah, um, the goals have to be, so goal setting is really important, but, just make sure that they're um, challenging enough but attainable Um, especially for kids they they want to to be able to see their progress like Mm. a year for a child is a very long time so if you're planning for an annual family holiday you need to have some some mini goals along the way and you need to celebrate those wins because you know that's that's what you should do as a team is celebrate your wins And I think it's the same family situation
0: completely agree what other tips do you have when it comes to um, setting up your, your family budget?
1: So I think what people, people just think it's a, a numbers exercise, but it's mm-hmm. it's not actually, it's a values exercise. And I think that people don't expect um, conversations that they're going to have with their Whoever's a part of their family budget, because it could be their spouse, their um, their children, or even extended family that they're supporting financially, grandparents, that kind of thing. So, it's it's really a values discussion because you're going to get into really quite um, interesting debates and discussions about should we be spending more on um, on holidays, or should we should we be spending more on education and these are like really fundamental value Mm. value discussions so i think that's 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 one of the the biggest tips that i have for people is is it's actually it's not a it's not a numbers exercise it's a it's a values exercise and it's as i mentioned compromise so make sure that you've got everyone uh to give their input um and the other thing just just quickly to while i think of it to mention is um people beyond your immediate family might be involved in your budget. And I interviewed such a, such a great guest. He was like one of my first, uh, my first guests on the show, Olani Setole. And he, he spoke so clearly and such good advice for people who support extended family. And And his view was that if, if people Um, If some of your family's expenses are being spent on supporting extended family, they must be part of the budget discussion as well. So beyond your spouse and your kids, if it's your grandparents, your younger sister, your cousin, whatever, those people must be part of the,
0: the, the family budget discussion. That's, that's, that's a great perspective. And I, and I quite enjoy your perspective on looking at it as a values exercise more than a financial exercise because between you and me, I, between you and me, um, my husband loves numbers and I hate it. So I, I quite enjoy the conversation around the budget more than I do just putting the numbers together. But I think it's the I never thought about it as a values conversation that we're having. But it, it certainly makes sense now. Cool. Um. So. The show is called Stripped Money Conversations, and I always invite my guests to simplify one money term for our listeners. So it can be related to what we've discussed today or any other topic. If I were to ask you to strip down one money term, which one would it be?
1: Uh, so my favorite term is, is compound growth, but, um, I'm not such a great teacher and, and Sam Beck Bessinger, <laughs> who I interviewed on my podcast, she's much better at explaining this. It's quite a complex thing to explain, actually. So she uses such a great analogy of, of rats on a ship, but, um, something that I think maybe relates uh, more to this conversation and something that I can explain better. So if your income is higher than your expenses, which is what we've been talking about in the whole podcast, that That gap that you've got, uh, some people call it a wealth gap, budget surplus, there's different terms for it. That gap is so important because um, once you have that surplus, which it's hard to get to that point, but once you have that and you correctly invest the surplus, you will eventually earn an income from that. And you'll have so much more freedom to to make decisions that you, you weren't able to
0: Thank you so much for your time. You have been listening to an episode of Stripped Money Conversations. Please share the love by subscribing to this podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And let me know what you thought of this show on social media. Just search Stripped Money Conversations on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And if you have topic suggestions, please light into my DM and let's see if we can make it happen. Have a good day.